21st century Doing something mean to it Do it better than anybody you ever seen Do it screams from the haters Got a nice ring to it I guess any superhero need his theme music Go one man to have all that power The clock's ticking, I just count the hours Stop tipping, I'm tipping off the What's going on, everybody? This is the Feed to Embiid, and I am your host, Austin Krell. The Sixers were in South Philly this evening after a long, long road trip that saw them play games in Boston, Utah, Portland, Los Angeles, and Phoenix. They emerged from that road trip three and two for a for a very a very good winning road trip for them. They want to get that 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 road record as uh, about back to five hundred as quickly as possible. They now sit at nine and eleven on the road, I believe. And so, you know, all in all, a good road trip. Good to get home, though. Of course, they were this time they were playing the Mavericks. The Mavericks were, were on the back end of a back to back. After playing in Boston last night and losing that game by 20-plus points, Mavericks 18-20 and 20 on the season, but 3-17 and 17 away from uh, their, their home arena. So, with that being said, the Sixers, um, you know, no Jimmy Butler tonight for them. No Wilson Chandler tonight for them due to upper respiratory infection. I thought that was a cold. That was the impression that I was under. Apparently, it's it's along the lines of sore throat and um, a cough or what have you. And so, with that, um, there 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 was they were out the Phoenix game and they were out tonight. Also, obviously, it's important to mention that Jimmy Butler uh, was was report Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne uh, worked in tandem to release a report yesterday detailing an, an event that happened either before the Portland game in which they lost by thirty five or after the game after uh, the game in the following days or so when they were in. The setting was a, was a film room, and it was reported that Jimmy Butler openly challenged Brett Brown's offensive sets, and it was, quote, described as disrespectful to Brett Brown. And so with Jimmy's history, it all sort of sprouted out of control, and it was the, 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 the headline was, you know, not the headline, but the theme was, is Butler already proving toxic to his new team? And so... Obviously, that that sent some worry through the uh, organization, through the, the city of Philadelphia, because we love Jimmy. We hope this, we hope we can get this thing uh, firing in all cylinders come April. But I think even more so, you don't want to lose Jimmy in free agency this summer because you gave up Covington in charge to get him, and you now would would take a big step back instead of a big step forward if you lost Jimmy now too. Anyway. Uh, Brett Brown addressed the whole thing um, before the game tonight, and he basically said that, yes, he's had conversations with Jimmy Butler before. He has conversations with a lot of his players all the time, and 
they're all that they, they it's, a, it's a culture foster on communication and and finding the shortcomings of of whatever uh, for each player and then addressing them addressing them and not letting issues boil and 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 fill up and then explode and so he kind of just said that he wasn't offended by any comments he's had far worse conversations in past years with other players and it was it was just it was a non-story to him we'll see how that plays out but obviously that's a positive i guess takeaway that brown wasn't too concerned about it anyway they played the mavericks tonight they were short wilson chandler and jimmy butler so jonah bolden and Furkan korkmaz got the starts tonight and i was very interested to see how brett brown sort of schemed this game because jimmy butler openly came out and challenged the offense obviously and that's two players in Embiid and 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 Jimmy Butler who have challenged Brett Brown's strategy and systems. And so I wanted to see how Brett came out today in this game and sort of reacted to that with with his, with his strategy and his uh and his game planning on both sides of the ball, not just offense but defense as well, because you do have the the front runner for rookie of the year, Luka Doncic, playing for the Mavericks. And he's just been unbelievable this season. So you do want, and you do, and you want to contain him because guards have given this team a lot of headaches this this year. And so in the first quarter, Ben Simmons began the game with a turnaround jump shot from the baseline. I think that this is an interesting trend because, as we all know, one of the storylines of Ben Simmons is that he can't shoot. He's not he's not a willing jump shooter, and it, it killed them last year in the Boston series because Boston just packed the paint. And sort of laid the foundation for how to beat the Sixers offensively in the half court. And ever since, um, you know, ever since All-Star voting opened up on Christmas Day, Ben took one jumper against Boston. He took a couple more against the Jazz. I'm not sure how many he took against Portland. He took a couple in Los Angeles, and he took a couple in Phoenix, and today he opened the game with, with a jumper on the baseline. And so my curiosity is, is this him showing that he's more comfortable with the jump shot, or is this him, you know, I you, you can connect the dots. I don't think it's outrageous to think that this guy likes the likes the accolades. He let, you know, he's, he's very much um, happy to accept, I guess, the, the, um, the compliments of, of being named an all-star. And it just so happens that the day he starts shoot, the game starts shooting jumpers more is the game where all star voting opened up. So I think maybe he's trying to add a layer to his all star viability, his campaign, and maybe land some more eyes and some more attention. Um, later in that, in that uh, early in the first quarter, Brett Brown called a timeout after the Mavs scored in back to back possessions uh, via a Wesley Jack or via a Wesley Jackson, uh, Wesley Wesley Matthews, I should say. Post jumper over Furkan Korkmaz. Obviously, Furkan's not a great defender, but Brett Brown really did not like the way that the defense was setting up. Called a timeout very early in the game, just two possessions in. I think the score was four to two. After the timeout, the defense was immediately picking up full court and pressing. Sixers immediately go on a twelve to two run, and they take a they open up. I think an eight to, an, uh, an eight point lead later in the in the in the mat, uh, later in the quarter. Because of because of that adjustment, I thought that 
DeAndre Jordan, the former Defensive Player of the Year, who signed a one-year deal with Dallas. He was playing up a bit by the free throw line, not really defending the paint, defending the rim, and that allowed the Sixers' offense to attack the rim as it pleased. A lot of a lot like how Boston brought Embiid out of the paint to defend Horford last year in the playoffs, and that allowed guys like Tatum and Rozier and um, Marcus Morris and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and the like to to get in and 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 get attack the rim as they as they pleased. I thought Dallas made a similar mistake tonight and allowed guys like Embiid and Simmons to attack and and get whatever they wanted at the rim. In the second quarter, the only thing that I observed really was Jonah Bolden did a really nice job of creating the second chance opportunities with sort of those smack those smack back offensive rebounds where you're sort of tipping it up but you're smacking it aggressively backwards to try to get it to try to try to knock it out of the hands of, of the defensive rebounders and into the hands of your own of your own teammates. So he created a lot of, of opportunities to, to reset the offense that way and turn the Sixers scored. In the first half, Sixers Sixers were up by eight going into uh, in the halftime. That uh, there was no really there's no statistics that really stood out to me, even though they were up eight at, at half. It was just sort of a uh, you know a, a very even statistical game. Um, the Sixers just happened to make more shots than than than, than the Mavericks. One thing that I thought was interesting was Ben played 16 minutes and 47 seconds in the first half. He had 12 points, six rebounds, seven assists, three turnovers, three, 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 three turnovers, which isn't great, but he did take three jumpers and he made one. So the volume of jump shots is increasing steadily, game by game. He was also tracking a triple double by halftime. He's been much more aggressive lately. Regardless of the matchup, he's been actively pursuing rebounds on both sides of the, of the court. He's been finding teammates and facilitating as well as as well as he always has. And I think he's playing really right now the best basketball of his career. And I don't think it's an understatement because he's now utilizing a, a, a mid range jumper. He's finding everybody. He's I I would I think he's in better shape than he was last year. Turnovers like to see come down, but now that he's taking that jump shot with a, a bit of a higher volume, he's really becoming a threat fast. The third quarter, Brett elected to double on every pass in the same way that you'd see at the end of the close game when you're trying to force overtime. So that you know you inbound the ball in the backcourt, and then the, the 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 defense is immediately immediately doubling the guy who receives the pass. Trying to trying to force him into a turnover, then he's trying to then he passes it to the guy at, a, at at the free throw line, and then they double him, and then the guy passes it, and then he passes it to the guy at half court, they double him. The Sixers doing a lot of that, and they were trying they were looking for deflections, and they were trying to force Dallas into into a into a sort of scrambling turnovers. This allowed them to make significant inroads and build their lead. They led by as many as I think twenty in that in that third quarter. Um, Simmons ultimately collected his triple double midway through the third quarter rather easily. He had, I think he had 10, 10 and 10 quite literally across the board, just 10, 10, 10, maybe 11. I think he had 11, 11 and 10, something like that. Um, but he got it in the middle of the third quarter. The fourth quarter was really just the Sixers slowed the game down and they went through their motions. They kept the game at arm's length, really. Dallas cut it to within, I think, four 
The Sixers led by as many, I think, as 17, maybe 18 in the game. Dallas got it to, I think, four. So, obviously, the, obviously the, the, the blown lead there, or was another theme of the game tonight. But 18 points is not exactly a huge lead in the NBA. And I'm not trying to make excuses. It's just, you know, 18-point leads in an, in, an, in an era where the three-point shot is so highly used is really not that much. And, I, it you know, the, the leads were bro- the leads were cut, but it was ultimately Sixers had to just had to flex for a couple had to, had to flex for a couple possessions and build it back up, and then the Mavs really had no shot. Um, overall, I thought the offensive game plan was around the, was along the lines of they wanted to work the high low game between Embiid and Simmons, and really leverage Redick in that they wanted to use him as sort of a decoy, off of which they they would they would set a screen around the elbow, and they would have Reddick come off of it, and then they would just give the ball to Embiid in the high post. He would work Simmons, and then he would find him down low. They would just bury Simmons down low, and he would either get fouled and shoot and shoot free throws, or he would just get an easy finish at the rim. Same thing with Embiid. They would use Simmons in the same way as, as, as the screener, and then they would get it to him in the high post. He'd find Embiid, and Embiid would dunk or get, get, or make, or get free throws. Um, it, was, it was a matter of... You know, Brett understood the size advantage and the mismatch that that, 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 that his two players, um, that his two players, and Joel and Ben, he did a good, he did a good job of utilizing their size mismatches, um, and so that was and that was a big part of a big factor of how they game plan for Dallas. I thought that they played Doncic straight up, um, and they made him sort of force the adjustment. In other words, they wanted to see him make shots and, and, and prove that he was a gamer tonight before they said, okay, we're going to adjust. Um, and they, they did a good job of just playing him over screens, keeping keeping things tight around him. And they made him they made him shoot tough shots in one-on-one. Ultimately, he struggled from the field mightily. I think he shot 3 of 15 from the field and, and 1 of 8 from 3. And he didn't have a great game, obviously. And... They did a good job of, of sort of of closing him off and shutting him down, not letting him smell smell, smell that blood in the water. Um, I think if they did have to, it, if he had made shots and they had to adjust to him, I think the way to go about it would have been to use a a soft hedge or a hard hedge. I think you probably do it do a hard hedge because if you're going to do a hard hedge, you're the, the uh, the primary defender is going to go into the screen and the big man's going to come out and he's going to defend. It's going to be like an extended switch essentially. So he's going to come out, he's going to show the switch and prevent the, prevent the, uh, the, the, uh, the guard from attacking while, while the big man rolls to the paint and, the secondary defender is the help defender who's really just helping you over the screen. He immediately shoots back and, and gets back to the to the rolling big after the after the guard recovers, who's covering the, the who's covering the primary ball handler. So, in other words, let's say you're playing a guy like uh, let's say you're playing a team like the Suns. You would use a hard uh, a a soft hedge against the Suns because a you have a very dynamic playmaker in, in Devin Booker who's, who's a very good shooter. But you also have a dynamic screener in the form of DeAndre Ayton, 
and he can you know, he can make shots from the mid range. He, he's one of the best young players in the NBA, um, and so you know you can't give Booker too much space. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna come out, you're gonna show the screen soft, you're gonna show, you're gonna show the switch soft, and then you're gonna immediately roll back, and your man and, and your and the 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 primary defender who you're helping is gonna recover and get through it, and then and then be right there to sort of take the leash from you. In the case of maybe a Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City with Stephen Adams, who is not exactly a threat from anywhere other than the rim, you're gonna you're you're gonna, it's gonna be a hard hedge where you're gonna prevent Russell Westbrook from going over the screen and attacking. You're gonna force him to sort of stay back, and then as soon as your as your teammate, your the primary defender, gets over the screen and he's back to help, he's back to Westbrook. You're gonna immediately dive back to the rim and defend the rim. So I think with with the case of Doncic, because you have a screener in Jordan who isn't much of a threat outside of the paint, you're going to set a hard hedge where Embiid's going to come up and he's going to push Doncic back and, def- and protect him and, and, and def- uh, prevent him from attacking the basket. And then once, I guess, uh, Simmons is over the screen, he's going to immediately shoot back to the rim and in case, in case Doncic hits the roller in Jordan for a dunk. And so I think that that would be, that would have been the way to go about defending um, Doncic, but they didn't have to because they were able to they were able to keep him contained in other ways. So just looking at this game overall, um, the, the Sixers three point shooting wasn't good. It, uh, the free throw shooting was was honestly not good either. The, the rebounds were, were really identical. The Sixers out assisted the Mavericks, um, but the Mavericks really hurt themselves in turnovers, and they they, they had five more than the Sixers. And that was ultimately one of the biggest differences in the game. There was also a a big a, a fair disparity in points in the paint. The Sixers won that one by ten, and so I think the storyline there is Sixers were able to create turnovers in that third quarter where they really busted the game open, and they were, they were able to, you know, with 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 those uh, doubles off with those doubles off of the pass, they're able to force the Mavericks into diff into sort of. Um, emergency situ- emergency decisions where they messed up and they would turn the ball over, and then you come down the other end and you hit you hit Embiid with a dump off and he dunks it. You hit Simmons with a, a TJ you know TJ stole stole an inbound pass, and then hit Simmons for a layup, and a lot of that was how they was how they came out and, and really opened the game up in the fourth in the third quarter. They led by seventeen going in the fourth, and then Dallas made made a push, but the Sixers were able to keep it. Uh, at arm's length. So that being said, um, Sixers are off for two more days, two days now. So that'll be rest and four days. They'll have four days of rest and five nights. So two days of rest before this game, tonight's game, and then two days of rest. And then they have a back-to-back with Washington. It's a a home and home. So um, they'll play a back-to-back and then they'll play again on the following Friday. So five days from now, they'll be playing on Friday. So it'll be Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Friday. Um, the schedule looks pretty easy in the immediate future. Washington twice, Atlanta, New York. They should be able to make some serious inroads towards the you know, towards the top of the conference. Um, I don't know that I see Indiana. I mean, Indiana looks very good. They look very tough. But the only person on the team that really concerns me is Oladipo. And I'm still not sold that he's the superstar that people make him out to be because he had the meteoric he had the meteoric rise last year, 
and you know i think it's not it's not fair to other all-stars if you if you label dupo as oh finally he's arrived this you know he's finally figured it out when he has one great year obviously he's having a pretty solid year this year but you know he's also had he also had three or four years where he struggled mightily and so you know i'm not sold on him yet but they are the Pacers do look at the Sixers by a game in the East, and so you have a couple of easy games before you play them on a Thursday night on TNT in their play at, at their place, and so this is a good opportunity for the Sixers to lock in, get some rack up some wins, and then force the Pacers to to really win games too. Now, before we lock off for the night, quick word from my sponsor: Do you like shotgunning beer? Do you want to increase your shotgunning time at parties? Check out my boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. It is also a tab puller, a vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. For more information about the King Cobra, check them out on Instagram. That's at the King Cobra Co. Cobra is spelled with a K. Um, for 10% discount for all products, check it uh, Enter the code DRESSLACOBRA10, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. The feed to Embiid and its name is protected by U.S. copyright laws. The production and distribution of the feed to Embiid without my written permission is prohibited. Copyright the feed to Embiid 2018. Once again, the Sixers win it tonight, 106-100 over the Mavericks. Mavericks dropped to 18-21 on the year and 3-18 away from their home arena. Sixers moved 26-14 and 17-3 and in Wells Fargo Center. Yes, that is the best home record in the NBA, and it looks like the Sixers are on their way to solidifying themselves as possibly the most difficult home opponent to play in the NBA. Probably even the East at that. That is a pretty hot take, and that means I should probably get get, get off for the night because it's getting late. So have a good night, everybody. We'll be right back here with more postgame coverage following the Sixers uh, home and home against the, the Wizards. Instead of doing two on back-to-back nights against the same team, I might just do one on on the second half and then recap both that night. So, you know, I'll I'll let you know. But until then, have a good night, and we'll catch you here with post-game coverage of the Sixers games versus the Washington Wizards coming up this upcoming week.